This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. I am Chris, and today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. And that means, of course, that it is DCA Wednesday. And before we get that stack on, a real quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, we are sitting at a Bitcoin blockchain block height of 778,886. And Bitcoin is ringing in at a U.S. dollar price of 23,545 U.S. dollars per Bitcoin or 4,347 sats per cuckbuck. And that is down just a tiny bit from the last two weeks when we were just a little uh, higher than 24,000. Uh, I had mentioned, well, we mentioned last episode in the, uh, when we spoke about Bitcoin magic numbers and, uh, and, uh, and investor psychology that uh, 23,000 was an awful lot like uh, last bear markets, 9,000, except for without the Vegeta memes, right? If you were around last last cycle, you know, we hit 9,000 a lot (laughs) on the way up and on the way down. And and the Vegeta memes with the, it's over 9,000, were flying quite frequently. Uh, There is no 23,000 Vegeta meme, but it just feels uh, very similar other than the meme. Uh, 23,000, that is. Uh, It's deja vu all over again. All right. And speaking of blocks, we are currently 61,114 blocks until the next halving, the official kickoff of the next uh, halving cycle. And that is still looking like that's going to be on or about April 22nd of 2024. So just a little over a year away now and uh, coming up faster than you know it. Uh, what, two weeks ago, it was looking like that was going to be April 24th. Of course, that's based on block time, not human time. So depending on how fast those blocks are coming in, obviously it got a little sooner, bumped up a couple days to April 22nd. Uh, but depending on, on which estimators you look at and how fast the blocks are averaging, that could be anywhere between next March and next June. So either anywhere, anywhere either a year from now or a year and a few months from now. But getting close, as they say, coming at you like a big dog with a wet nose. There's nothing you can do about it. TikTok next block. Uh, that having is coming, and it's coming fast. Before it gets here, though, we are going to take advantage and stack as many cheap Satoshis as possible because if history repeats itself or at least rhymes, uh, we always set a new all-time high within six months to a year or so of the uh, of the having. Uh, where we, we eclipse the previous all-time high, and then sometime in a six-month to 18-month time frame, uh, that's when you get the highest, the new peak, peak all-time high. But there are many new all-time highs along the way before before we begin the next crypto winter, so to speak, the next Bitcoin bear market. For those of you following this statistic, the Bitcoin market capitalization is coming in at $454.4 billion, down about $12 billion from last week because, of course, we're a couple hundred dollars less expensive than Bitcoin was last week. And for those of you who value your wealth in shiny metal rocks, shiny yellow rocks, 
It will currently cost you 12.9 ounces of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin, roughly the same as last week, down a little bit. Of course, that's because the U.S. dollar price of Bitcoin is down and the price of gold is uh, is still hanging in there. I think it was around the $18,000 range per ounce, uh, although I haven't looked at it recently because I don't care about gold. Uh, I heard gold referred to, often you hear of Bitcoin referred to as, uh, you know, digital gold. And I heard gold referred to as analog Bitcoin the other day, and I like that. So we're going to stick with our electronic Bitcoin. But if you do value your wealth in analog Bitcoin, it's going to cost you 12.9 ounces of the stuff for just one Bitcoin. And that is still really cheap compared to where it will be if Bitcoin goes on to hit a new all-time high uh, after the next having cycle. If Bitcoin history repeats or rhymes, uh, it's going to be pounds of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. And for those of you who value your wealth in pizza, one Bitcoin will currently purchase you 1,394 Papa John's pizzas. That's one large pepperoni pizza from Papa John's for 1,394 days. That is almost four years, what, 3.9 years worth of one pizza a day. Uh, and that is a heck of a lot of pizza. That's a lot of food security for just one Bitcoin. All right, real quick. Um, there's a distinct possibility that next week's DCA Wednesday episode will either be late or pre-recorded. I haven't quite sorted that out yet. Um, I'm going to be pulling a plan B and uh, I'm going to be offshore next Wednesday and I'll probably be too far offshore to have data. So uh, I will do our stack. Uh, in fact, I'm going to get to that in a little bit uh, on this episode. Um, but Rest assured, even if there is no Bitcoin Bulletin podcast episode, bright and, uh, right, bright and squeaky early, not, well, we're never early, right? But if there's no episode next Wednesday, uh, rest assured, I did do my stack. Uh, I was just out of range of data, and I'll get the episode posted as soon as I can get connected. Real quick, thank you to those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as Fountain App. We don't have any boost to read this week again, but we uh, some of you are streaming sats. The sats, I can see the sats streaming in, uh, and that's cool. So thank you for those of you who were streaming a sats. And uh, even if you're not streaming a sats, you should still listen on Fountain App uh, because you can get paid sats to listen to your favorite podcasts. So even if you don't want to support your favorite podcaster by streaming sats or boosting sats, uh, you get some free sats. It's kind of like the modern equivalent of a of a of a fountain, hence the name fountain. You know, back in the early, early days, uh, pre-me, uh, there were Bitcoin fountains where there were, or I'm sorry, there were faucets. I said fountain. It's, uh, I guess that would be faucet app. Uh, got a bit ahead of my, my brain got a bit ahead of my tongue or vice versa. But uh, there were faucets and they would give you Bitcoin just for going to a website. I think one of them would give you like five Bitcoin just for clicking on the link. Can you imagine? $100,000 just for going to a website. Uh, and maybe that's what, you know, Fountain will be like if you earn, you know, 100 sats listening to podcasts. Uh, one day, maybe they'll, you know, we'll hit dollar, uh, dollar Bitcoin or dollar sat parity and that'd be 100 bucks. Uh, even if we don't, you know, even if Bitcoin hits sat, uh, dollar sat parity, you get paid a dollar or two just for listening to your favorite podcast. So, uh, and you're going to listen to these podcasts anyway, so you might as well get paid. All right. Um, so. Those of you listening to the podcast are, uh, the demographics are approximately, well, they're exactly the same as they were last week. 52% of you are listening from the United States. 14% of you are listening from Argentina. 
5% of you are listening in Germany, 3% of you are listening in Luxembourg, and once again, we have a four-way tie for fifth place with Canada, Spain, Venezuela, and Colombia, each with 2% of you listening from those countries. So thank you very much. It's really cool to see people all over the world listening to the Bitcoin Bulletin podcast, and hopefully your orange-pilling friends uh, around the world. All right. Uh, also, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Texas Slim. You know, if you if you're familiar with Texas Slim on Twitter, I think he's at Modern T Man, but you know he's uh, involved in the the uh, Texas Beef, Beef Initiative and starting the the you know the beef initiatives around around the country where uh, you meet your local rancher, the whole shake your rancher's hand thing. Uh, and I don't have a local rancher here where I'm at because uh, there aren't a lot of ranchers in Florida. There's a lot of cattle here, and they all end up starting their life here and then getting shipped off out west uh, to end their lives. So uh, if somebody knows of a local rancher that you can get cuts of beef from on uh, east, uh, the central, the, the east central Florida, the, the east coast, central east coast of Florida, the space coast of Florida, give me a shout out and let me know. But anyway, back to the story, listening to Texas Slim and the other, uh, the other members of the Texas Beef Initiative talking about the different cuts of meat you don't normally see, you don't normally get. I was at the butcher the other day and I saw a picanha sitting there next to the briskets. And I was like, holy crap, I don't think I've ever seen a picanha before. I'm going to have to snag that. So I did. And uh, I know there's lots of different ways to cook a picanha, but uh, I guess one of the traditional uh, ways to do so in South America is to smoke it. Of course, picanha is a traditional South American cut of beef. And I guess it's named after the slang for the the cattle prods, basically the the sticks, the pokes, the cow pokes that the... Uh, the cowboys uh, in Brazil or Argentina would use to herd the cattle uh, or wherever the picanha is popularized. I know Brazil, uh, the, if you go to a Brazilian steakhouse, oftentimes that cut of meat they're serving you as picanha. Long and the short of it is that is fantastic. I don't think I've ever had a picanha before. I've definitely not fixed one at home before. Threw it in the smoker with some hickory wood chips for a, a couple hours. And it was the best taste of meat I've had in a long time. I, I'm drooling just thinking about it. You know, you leave that fat cap on there and it just, it just melts in your mouth. And there's, there's no, uh, there's no cutting the fat and, and giving it to the dog kind of thing. That fat just melts away in your mouth and it's just amazing. What a great cut of meat. Uh, I'm going to have to do that again real soon. Hopefully I'll find one uh, again, or uh, one of you can hook me up with a local rancher because that would be even cooler. All right, and speaking of uh, podcasts, et cetera, the FedWatch podcast on Friday floated the conspiracy theory that the whole time this whole FTX scam was nothing but an attack on Bitcoin, you know, as uh, involved as the government and the SEC seem to be in, uh, well, you know, Gary Gensler and the SEC had multiple meetings with SPF. Uh, numerous politicians took millions of dollars in total from FTX, uh, stolen, stolen money. Uh, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there. There's some you know, Jeffrey Epstein related conspiracy theories. Uh, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's anything more than the fact that he was throwing around a lot of money and getting exactly what he paid for. Uh, but nonetheless, it was interesting to hear them say that basically this is a setup from the whole, from the get go to, uh, to, to just create a huge scam that, that basically poisoned Bitcoin, soured Bitcoin in, in the, in the American populace and the American publics or the whole world's eyes. Uh, and that would help collapse uh, and 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 get rid of Bitcoin once and for all. I don't think that's the case. I think it was just a just an example of uh, SBF got exactly what he had set out to get in the in the beginning when he was throwing all that money around. And money buys you access in Washington D.C. and I'm sure in pretty much every capital around the world, right? 
And speaking of piss, uh, podcasts, if I have to hear Tulip Mania brought up once again, I may legitimately throw up on air. Um, you know, four years ago when you'd hear Tulip Mania brought up, you knew immediately that you were that you had wandered across somebody who had just heard about it for the first time, a, a no coin or a Bitcoin hater. And they thought they'd come up with a clever new thing to throw in your face when, whenever you mention Bitcoin to them. Of course, if you know anything about the tulip mania, in fact, there's been a lot about the tulip mania that's written that basically the tulip mania, while tulip bulbs were in fact traded for thousands of dollars or whatever at the time, the whole myth that everybody was mortgaging their houses and that all these people lost their homes and their businesses because of tulip mania was basically just a myth. It's legend. It didn't happen. Uh, there were speculators that got wrecked on tulips, but they kind of were just like speculators in general. And for the most part, you know, they just, uh, they got wrecked, like speculators get wrecked. So, uh, but just anytime you hear tulip mania, it's just, it's kind of like when someone that, uh, when, an, when an atheist is talking to a Christian and they learn some quote about the Bible that they just, they think they're just so freaking clever because they can throw it in their face and it's the only thing they know. It's like, ha ha, I got you. Jesus said the following and therefore you're wrong. Uh, and that's just completely taken out of context. And you're like, oh my God, not, not this again, not the tulip mania again. And of course, even more disappointing, and I'm not going to call the host out, but the best defense the host gave to counter his his uh, his guest uh, bringing up the tulip mania was saying, well, it's not like the tulip mania because the tulip mania only happened once. And while that is a solid defense, because usually when, a, you know, bubbles don't reinflate, right? You have a big bubble and it pops and then that's it. Uh, although, you know, the housing bubble's reinflating, right? But, you know, it took a decade uh, and it's not the same thing. It's, you know, a similar set of circumstances people history may be repeating itself but it's not the same bubble and so um the fact that bitcoin crashed you know crashes in four-year cycles it pumps and crashes and pumps and crashes uh obviously that means that's that's not indicative of a, a typical bubble but in general the best defense of the tulip mania is dude you're a freaking idiot you don't know what you're talking about i i know you think you're clever because you read about the tulip mania and you've got this new sword you think you want to wield to your new orange you know pilled bitcoiner friends but uh, you're it's fake news, man. It, it didn't happen. It didn't happen like you think it happened. Uh, do a little bit more research instead of the new New Yorker article or whatever you read. All right. And it looks like, uh, Augustine Carson's had his, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got a moment, his mission accomplished moment, his read my lips moment, declaring, uh, victory, uh, last week, shortly after last podcast, I guess it's been a few days now, as you know, Augustine Carson's who is, Karsten, who is literally the most, uh, the only, he's, if you, if you visualize a cartoon fat cat banker villain, he literally is the most analog, analogous. He's the, he's the human being on the planet who looks the most like you'd envision. I mean, literally, if you looked up stereotypical bad guy, you know, banker villain, you would see a picture of Augustine Carson's under that, under that entry. Uh, of course, he's the leader of the Bank of International Settlements the former Nazi bank that uh, sold and helped the, the Germans launder all the gold they stole from the Jewish people in, the, in their concentration camps. Uh, but that aside, uh, the history, the legitimacy, and the just plain evil of the Bank of National Settlements and the, uh, completely aside, uh, he is just flat out wrong when he said that crypto has failed, that, um, that technology will never beat fiat, basically. And... A lot of people are pointing out, well, maybe he's right. Crypto has failed. Hopefully crypto's failed, right? You know, Bitcoin, not crypto, that uh, we'd be perfectly fine if crypto failed. You know, that's not what he meant, obviously, because, you know, what people, 
like to lump Bitcoin and crypto together, but anytime they're anytime they're they're slinging FUD, uh, they're gunning for Bitcoin. They're not gunning for S coins. Um, so he when he says crypto, he means he's 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 dogging on Bitcoin. And uh, clearly, Bitcoin hasn't failed uh, because I don't know if he checked, but it's almost twenty four thousand dollars a coin right now. Bitcoin is bigger and stronger than ever. Just like every other bear market, great things have been built during you know the during the the lull. It seems like there's too much distraction during a, an epic parabolic bull run for a whole lot to get done in the ecosystem. Uh, you know, all the people that are running platforms and exchanges spend all their time onboarding new customers. All the real innovation happens in the quiet of the bear market, the quiet of the Bitcoin winter. And we've certainly had our fair share of uh, of, of developments. Uh, during either the good and the bad uh, during uh, during this previous bear market. So uh, that's amusing. And I think every podcast, every influencer, every Twitter account out there has lampooned Augustine Karstens uh, for that. Um, but, you know, give me a break, right? And speaking of Twitter, Plan B teased $10 million Bitcoin with a tweet yesterday saying, Although I enjoyed Bitcoin adoption the last 10 plus years, especially the investment returns, I am really looking forward to the vertical part of the S-curve in the next halving period, 2024 to 2028. And he has an accompanying chart overlaying basically stock to flow and the adoption S-curve with Bitcoin's price. And if you follow the dots in 2028, Bitcoin's at a $10 million per coin Mark. So while he flat out didn't say 2028 would be $10 million Bitcoin, I don't think you'd call that a full on, full out prediction. Uh, you read between the lines and he's calling for $10 million Bitcoin in 2028. Um, and stranger things had happened, right? Because uh, 10 years ago, uh, $10,000 Bitcoin would have been a pipe dream. $1,000 Bitcoin would have been a pipe dream. I remember, and I, I was one of those people that had multiple touch points with Bitcoin and I was not this early of an adopter. But I was following Bitcoin, and I remember a friend of mine who was uh, a hacker kind, a hacker type, uh, old school hacker. He's you know he's Generation X. He was a hacker in the in the eighties and nineties. You know when you had to dial up your modem, you dial up your dial- rotary phone and put it on the modem cradle, and you know if you're lucky, you had a three hundred baud modem. But I digress. Anyway, we were sitting there in his office one day discussing that Bitcoin had hit one dollar parity, and I thought that's a pretty big deal. And I never, I thought Bitcoin was cool. And I, I didn't think, I didn't give it any thought that one day it might be worth, you know, might be worth a ton of money because it would become the new global reserve currency or there would be hyper Bitcoinization. I just liked the fact that it was FU money, basically, that it was, uh, I liked the, the uh, anarchist aspect of it, the cypherpunk aspect of it, the money that the government can't seize from you. At the time, it was thought to be private, you know, that it, that it was, you know, Bitcoin isn't really, uh, isn't really anonymous money. It's pseudonymous money. But back in the day, people basically considered the same thing. That's why people were doing all kinds of crazy things on the Silk Road to their Bitcoin, et cetera, because they figured it was completely anonymous. And that's what attracted me to it. I, I would have, if it would have clued, if I would have clued in to the fact that Bitcoin was going to be uh, the global reserve currency one day, and therefore, uh, just because of the whole supply and demand thing, there's only uh, something in the effect of 250,000 Satoshis per person. If the, if the whole world is using Bitcoin, that that in of itself would necessitate, uh, you know, extremely high valuation per individual coin, uh, I would have invested and I didn't. So we all have those uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda moments. That was mine. Um, 
So back in the day, $24,000 Bitcoin was probably harder to believe than $10 million Bitcoin would be today. I mean, Bitcoin only has to 4X to be 100,000, right? So 40X, basically uh, just a little over 20X. It's not even a little less than 20X. It's previous all-time high of 69,000 to hit a million. And then once you're at a million, 10 million is only a 10X from there, right? So two cycles, a couple of 20X cycles, that's nothing for Bitcoin. You know, do I have a crystal ball to say that's going to happen? No, I don't. But uh, I can see how it could if Bitcoin does what I believe it's going to do. If you believe in Bitcoin, if you believe that the more and more people will continue to adopt Bitcoin, that'll help the unbank or bank the unbanked to help the underprivileged all over the world, then you should be able to see how Bitcoin will hit a million to $10 million a coin easily. Whether it does it by 2028, who knows? But according to this S-curve adoption chart tweeted out by Plan B, just yesterday, uh, he thinks it'll happen as soon as 2028. And again, speaking of Twitter, Adam Meister at Tech Vault has dropped a new one Bitcoin show just about an hour ago. I haven't actually watched it because I was prepping for this show. I'll be watching it as soon as I'm done here. As you know, if you don't know, Adam Meister Tech Vault is an OG. He was doing a one Bitcoin show every day and then a This Week in Bitcoin show every Friday for years. Uh, and then he stepped back from that maybe a year or so ago, uh, and then uh, was doing them less frequently. And he got to the point basically where he wasn't going to do any regular shows unless people were paying him. Uh, his logic meaning, being that people that hadn't done anything for the Bitcoin space, hadn't, hadn't onboarded or orange-pilled people, hadn't made millionaires by telling people to buy Bitcoin, you know, when, when Bitcoin was a dollar or $5 or whatever, uh, that um, they're making money hand over fist. He's been doing this for free, so you have to pay him to do his podcast. Uh, and he basically wanted to crowdsource $100 per episode. And $100 per week really isn't that much. But, you know, people lose interest and it's it's hard to get people to part with their coins, their money, or their bitcoins. So uh, he's been off the air frequently as a result. I don't know if someone paid him to, to do this one Bitcoin show because previously he dropped one for free because he wanted to talk about ordinals. Um, and this one, I believe he talks about that again as well. It just says in the, in the promo for the show that he's going to discuss the Scott Adams noise, ordinals, Rachel Maddow, and democratization. Uh, and I actually have only heard the Scott Adams noise, and I've seen the memes, man. Uh, and I, I, don't, I know that he's being canceled, basically. Scott Adams, that, you know, the cartoonist that, that draws the Dilbert cartoon, which has been going on for as long as I can remember, and it makes fun of, like, office culture. Before there was an office, there was Dilbert. Uh, and he tweeted something out, or he didn't tweet, he said something in response to people saying that it's not okay to be white, um, that uh, got him in the hot water. And I don't, I don't know, I'm not going to even quote what he said, uh, because I don't know exactly what he said. I haven't really delved into it. I just know he's being canceled, and apparently Adam Meister's going there. So if you want to learn more about that, and you want to hear Adam's take on that, if you want to hear a solid Bitcoiner's take, on uh, the latest goings-on this week, including the Scott Adams noise, as he calls it, and ordinals, uh, make sure you check out Adam Eister's show. Again, he's at Tech Vault on Twitter, like technology in Baltimore, where he's originally from, at T-E-C-H-B-L-T. And I'll be watching that as soon as I wrap up this podcast. Okay, so why are we here? We are here because today is Wednesday, and it is DCA Wednesday. Um... And you know, on DCA Wednesday, we dollar cost average, we purchase $20 of the Bitcoin. Uh, for those of you who don't know what dollar cost averaging, the official definition of dollar cost averaging, I believe, according to Investopedia, I don't remember where I got this, 
because uh, I've been parroting this for almost two years now, and I don't remember where, exactly where it came from. But the long and the short of it is, is dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 84th stack. Again, we started almost two years ago, all the way back on Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. So far, we've stacked 83 times. Our equal portion is $20. Uh, so far, in less than two years, we've stacked 1,660 US dollars into Bitcoin. Uh, and that includes $37.35 of fees. That has gotten us a stack of 5,713,052 Satoshis. And we are a little bit underwater because our average purchase price is $29,056, our average cost basis. But as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, if you had YOLO'd in, if you had invested that $1,660 all at once, one lump sum on July 28th, you'd have more than a million sats fewer, less than a million sats, you'd have a million sats fewer, you'd have less than 6,700,000 sats uh, for the same amount of money. So I think we've shown that in this particular case anyway, that dollar cost averaging beat lump sum averaging, lump sum investing. Most importantly, it's answered that question that I see all the time on Twitter and Reddit, and that is, I only have a $50 to invest, or I only have $100 to invest. Is it too little? Am I too late? And if you think $100 is too little to make it worth your while to invest in Bitcoin, well, we've shown you can come up with 5.7 million sats at just $20 a whack, as long as you're consistent. Uh, as you know, we do our investing on Cash App on the show, and Cash App is not a sponsor. We do have a referral code in the show notes uh, where you can get some, if you sign up using that referral code, you can get, I think it's $5 free for signing up. That may have changed. I believe it's $5. Um, but more importantly, you get something for free for using that referral code as opposed to just signing up and getting nothing. Uh, and the, the, uh, the podcast will get $5 as well too. So you can basically tip the podcast for free. You can actually get paid to tip the podcast by signing up for Cash App with that link if Cash App's available where you are. And again, Cash App isn't suitable for everybody because you know there are trade-offs. So as with everything, do your own research and pick a, an exchange of service, a method that's best for you, best for your needs and choose that. Uh, we're gonna use Cash App. And we're gonna do something a little different today. So um, real quick, I'm gonna add 20 bucks to my Cash App because I don't keep any money on my Cash App. And that's one of the reasons I love it is because I can add $20, I just did. And it's already immediately available to spend on Bitcoin, uh, to convert to Bitcoin. And they'll let me withdraw to my hardware wallet immediately as well for free. Um, that's something that a lot of exchanges won't do. They'll either charge you a mining fee to transfer your Bitcoin and or make you wait up to five days from when you purchased it to make sure your, your bank transaction settles, that they really have their US dollars before they'll give you your Bitcoin. Not the case with Cash App, at least not currently. So to purchase Bitcoin today, we're going to do something a little different. Still, we're still going to tap the Bitcoin uh, box, and then we're going to tap buy. But before we click on the $20 and the buy Bitcoin, we're going to change the order type from custom purchase order to auto invest. Uh, if you've been following this podcast and you know me, you know I'm a glut for punishment. I like to stare at price charts, and I like to buy my Bitcoin live on the air every time. But Cash App will let you auto DCA. And the reason I'm setting this up is because I don't think I'm going to be able to do this on Wednesday. And I want to make sure that my DCA stack gets done. As I promised you, I'll make my DCA stack one way or another next Wednesday. So I'm clicking auto invest and I'm going to click weekly. And that means it's going to purchase now when I hit buy. And then it's going to do so exactly one week from now and every week until I turn this off. Mm -hmm. 
So clicking done. Now I've got buy, buy Bitcoin weekly. I'm going to tap 20, click next. And wow, it's taking a little bit of time. I got lousy 5G today. All right, there it is. So um, it says we're going to purchase $20. Our weekly purchase will be made at the same time every Wednesday. So um, right now we're purchasing $20 and that's going to get us, well, I got to click confirm. Why the 5G is horrible here right now? Probably because it's so hot. And boom, that purchased us another 82,517 sats. And uh, if you'll pardon moi, just one momento, one momento. I'll plug these numbers into my, if I can get my mouse to work, plug these numbers into my spreadsheet. Do, 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 do. Let's all go to the lobby. Do, 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 do. So we purchased at $23,692. Eh, 23, what the? My mouse is freaking out on me. $23,692 and 19 cents. So Bitcoin went up a little bit while we were, while I was yapping. That scored us 82000 517 sats. How the sausage gets made, folks. How the sausage gets made. All right. And that lowered our average cost basis to $28,987.66. So under that $29,000 mark, and that's really cool because as long as Bitcoin stays below 28987 now, we're going to continue to, to lower uh, that average cost basis even lower. Uh, but perhaps more importantly, uh, it didn't, I, my spreadsheet is just freaking out here, isn't it? Nope, nope, it's not. Um, perhaps more importantly, our stack is now up to 5,795,569 Satoshis. Uh, and that is not too shabby. And so for all those of you, again, that were thinking that just $20 a week isn't going to get you anywhere, uh, one day 5.7 million, almost 5.8 million sats. Uh, you know, when, they, when, we was, when we were saying earlier that if everyone in the world were using Bitcoin, there's only 250,000 Bitcoin to be shared evenly around the world. And of course, Bitcoin won't be evenly distributed because nothing ever is. Real estate isn't, food isn't, money isn't. Uh, gold isn't money never has been there will always be some degree of inequity and inequality and um, hopefully bitcoin will help that a little bit but nonetheless uh, you if there's going to be inequality if there's going to be inequity in the distribution of bitcoin you want to have that 5.7 million satoshis and not that 200 and uh, 250,000 satoshis all right well like i said uh, i'm going to either well i'm going to let this uh, auto DCA run on autopilot and let cash app automatically invest for me next Wednesday. If however, I have, uh, I have internet, I will be, I will, I will, I will, I will jump on the air. I'll record a podcast before it does. So, and maybe switch it off and do a manual purchase, but bare minimum one way or another, I'm going to stack next week. Uh, and then the Wednesday after that, hopefully we'll be back to normal. Uh, I'm not hundred certain how I'm going to handle next Wednesday yet, but, uh, there will, be a, there will be a show next week at some point in time, one way or another. Uh, bare minimum, we'll, I, I'll have my auto stack and we'll talk about it just a couple of days late. In the meantime, we will see you 
perhaps next Wednesday and every Wednesday while I continue to explore our dollar cost averaging strategy. But until that time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat staggers. <laughs>